0: passion for cats into action. And today we're speaking with Joan Ronquette. And Joan is an accomplished animal communicator of over 30 years, an author, TEDx speaker, educator, and animal guardian. Joan's hands-on animal communication and energy healing processes troubleshoot behavioral and medical issues stimulate healing in conjunction with conventional treatment and deepen her clients' abilities to care for and understand their animals. Joan believes the capacity to attune to animals and work with them energetically is not a gift for a select few, but an innate ability we can all access with guidance. She teaches down-to-earth skills that enable her students to communicate consistently and confidently with animals. Clients include hundreds of thousands of animal guardians, animal trainers, barn managers, veterinarians, sanctuaries, wildlife Rehab and therapeutic riding centers, as well as everyday pet owners. In 2008, Joan founded Communication with All Life University, a program that offers beginning through advanced training and certification in animal communication, energy healing, and nature and wildlife. Her TEDx talk, The Rainbow Bridge Animals in Transition, has 377,000 plus views, and she's been featured in dozens of media outlets, including. The Hollywood Reporter, Pet Nation, Dateline NBC, The Today Show, Good Morning America, Animal Planet, and more. Joan, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So, Joan, first and foremost, how did you become passionate about cats? Well, I guess my
1: mom, we, I had a horse. I had horses, and my sisters had horses, and we had dogs. And I was obsessed with cats at a young age. And my dad was a cat guy, but it didn't, you know, come out until later because we were kind of dog oriented. And so at about 14, I snuck a little orange cat named Tigger into the house. He was teeny, teeny, teeny. And I just, I've had cats ever since. I mean, I just, I love cats. And I feel like, uh, I always joke that I'm half border calling, half thoroughbred and
0: 100% cat. I'm like, I'm all cat. Wow. Excellent. And And it sounds like you have a a new project that's out and you're talking about anxiety and behaviors, like you have this wide range of trainings, skills, experiences. You know, tell me a little bit about your journey. You've been involved working with animals for over 30 years. So how did the journey start? And it seems like it's gone into an evolution where you're working with anxiety issues. Maybe we had them 30 years ago, but they were acknowledged in different ways. And we're now really identifying it as anxiety. But it seems to me like it's more of a journey. I could be wrong. Tell me.
1: It's been very, very much a journey. So first and foremost, I didn't think I'd ever become an animal communicator. And I I learned, I used an animal communicator in the 80s. And it was so amazing that this woman would know so much about my horse. But not only that it was it was more the connection I felt with my horse after the experience that got me really interested in doing in in learning more, and so I learned it thinking, "Ah, oh, this is fun, I'll use it for my horse and my cat, but eventually I started I went a little crazy with the classes and then I started telling people I was doing it, and this was like early early nineties, and no one was really doing it, and they kind of made fun of me, but they went along, and the next thing you know i had a full on practice. And I also, but all along, I loved energy healing. So it's like, I feel like animal communication is one thing. It's like finding out it's something we're all doing, whether we're aware of it or not. So finding out what's going on with the animal, but then specific energy healing techniques can help, help the animal a lot. And the energy technique that I use the most with anxiety is called emotional freedom technique or EFT tapping. And so that I I wrote a book called Emotional Freedom Technique for Animals and Their Humans. But, but it's really taken me on a next level journey as far as understanding just how quickly animals respond to the energy once the person is kind of perceiving them in a little different way and that animal gets the story off their chest, so to speak. It's like everything in the household can shift or in a community of cats.
0: Mm. So I'm somewhat familiar with tapping. I'm, I'm familiar with it enough probably to be troublesome and probably do it very wrong. So what is that?
1: Well, and, and I want to say something also real quick about like a community of cats. One of the things that we do, you know, it's like cats stay in that kind of, not feral, but yeah, they'll, they'll be curious, but they don't want too much from us, so to speak. And when we're in that situation, we are accidentally doing what, what in all training techniques you would call pressure. We're putting pressure on them. And so I, I've worked with a lot of people with community cats where it's like, you know, just ignore them. So then suddenly you're creating a release. Well, the things that we do in our households are very much pressure. And we don't recognize that we are part of an animal's anxiety. I'm not saying we are to blame. I'm not saying they're reflecting on us but we can be impacting them with our behavior, our, our stress. So going back to what is tapping then tapping is it's a light tapping on acupressure points, a specific sequence of points that are meant to basically feel good and relax the body. So acupressure, you know, is built on each acupressure point. Is connected to a meridian. Each meridian is connected to an organ system, and each organ system is connected to an emotion. So, as we're, I always say that when we're tapping, we're going through a challenging story. We're telling a challenging story while tapping lightly on feel good points. And eventually, the trigger starts to lessen. And it's not like the cat is going to forget the story, but it's not going to be as charged by it.
0: When you are working with animals, how do you detect their anxiety or the the energy around them? Um, do you, you feel it? Is this something that's a practice that you have to learn? We've heard so much about how cats don't show pain. And, you know, I would assume anxiety would be in there, too, like until they get to the point where they're pulling their fur out or something like that. But that's at really... Uh, at the end, that's at the end of the road, right? So how do we become proactive and see some of these signs earlier? Is that the skills that you have, can they be applied?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think that for one thing, anybody could sit down and get quiet for a moment and just breathe for like 10 breaths and then just get a sense like, is my household stressful? Is my cat living her best life what 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 have we got going on here that i could do that could make it easier for the cat i mean one of the things that we see the most that doesn't get diagnosed is interstitial cystitis you know and that's something to me that so here you've got a swelling in maybe the bladder or the urethra and all it takes is the least amount of stress and they're peeing out of the box. And those are the cats that get returned over and over and over again. And all somebody, it's not a urine test, like um, a UTI. It's actually, um, there's some other tests that they do. And it's, it, it's so simple. You know, you could do some omega threes, you could do some things that bring the swelling down and then, you know, recognize that you could make some shifts in your household and, help the animal be less stressed but yeah they are great maskers so that it's a tough it's tough but it's it's a matter of kind of getting quiet and navigating your household
0: so you were mentioning a couple of options for for things to help support cats you know if you were taking care of a colony of cats of 20 cats, and say you had them on a schedule, so they were fed in the morning for half an hour, and they were fed in the evening for half an hour, and that's pretty predictable. You probably got 15 of those cats showing up pretty regularly. You know, is there something that you would encourage that we do? We worry so much about these cats, but yet we have this distanced relationship. Is there something that we should do even during those feeding times maybe to help with balance, getting the energy better?
1: Well, I would think that for one thing, just really getting quiet, making sure you're not on the phone, which I'm sure I know people that do this, they are very present, but just finding a way to be really present. And if you can, for that half hour, moving the worry out of the way, moving our emotions, our projections about what must be going on for them, because the, you know we can accidentally... Uh, poor baby, somebody, and then next thing you know, they're looking around, saying, "Well, uh-oh, what's wrong with me?" So, it, if we can be as neutral and joyful and quiet as we can be, and just like we're the fly on the wall, but we're delivering food, I think you know they can they have the opportunity to express their best selves during that time. <laughs>
0: Looking for the perfect way to unwind and connect with some pretty cool cats? Look no further than the Meow Lounge in Westbrook, Maine. The Meow Lounge is your one-stop destination for feline fun and so much more. Step into their Cat Cafe, where you can hang out with a dozen or so adorable, adoptable cats from local rescues, just waiting for your love and affection. The Meow Lounge also has games, puzzles, a free library, even a gift shop featuring locally crafted cat-themed items. The Meow Lounge also hosts a wide array of events for you to enjoy. Whether it's yoga, trivia, movie nights, belly dance classes, arts and crafts, or Pilates, they've got it all. So what are you waiting for? Reserve your spot at the Meow Lounge today to experience the magic. Discounted rates are available for students, nonprofits, nursing homes, and community organizations. For reservations and information on upcoming events, visit www.meowcatlounge.com or call 207- three five eight zero 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 three are you ready to take your learning to the next level get your hands on the only all access pass to all things community cats the community cats pass with community cats podcast this one-time purchase will ensure you're registered for all of our full 2024 calendar that's all events webinars and workshops From the online cat conference to the online kitten conference, from TNR to surrender prevention certification workshops, your 2024 Community Cats Pass will ensure you never miss a minute of cat-saving content. Turn your passion for cats into action all year long. Grab your pass today at communitycatspodcast.com. In animal welfare, there's always someone to talk with and learn from. Check in with hundreds of animal welfare colleagues every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern to have your chance at $5,000 just for attending. These 50-minute calls are a collaborative space to share exciting new programs and research, discuss uncomfortable topics, connect with peers in the industry, and more, all while sharing a common goal of preserving the human-animal bond go to forum.mattysfun.org to register now. You can also watch on demand if you can't make it live. One thing that I've always thought when I'm out there with community cats and and really enjoy the I don't know, the individual stories that they all have and as you said, having that sort of peace and letting them create the narrative and own the narrative of that home life versus I think in an indoor environment we as people, we're creating the narrative of what the home life is like. And so I think that's sort of the difference between the two environments. And we have to be able to acknowledge that and, and understand that. And I know it's very hard for many people emotionally to see outdoor cats and and have that worry. And, you know, maybe you release it there, but also I think maybe you go home and you try and release that worry because that's your, your own worry. The cats aren't worried. They're fine. But it's your worry. So it's what you have to work to take off the plate, if that makes any sense.
1: Oh, it makes complete sense. It's what I, my school of animal communication, energy healing, this is kind of the main thing we talk about. It's like really learning to get neutral so that we're not like judging clients or making up stories in our head. It's so easy to to look at an animal and feel sorry for it when it's totally fine. And we're about to embark on a lot of taking this EFT emotional freedom technique to shelters. Uh, We've got a big shelter project where it's working with the animals that are seemingly unadoptable. And the biggest thing we have to do as practitioners is be completely neutral. And even in the home, I, I feel like as much as, yeah, I'm kind of the one of the main characters here, my cats have the opportunity to be, I have a catio for them. Like I, l- I let them take the lead on their emotional life. And, um, you know, I, I try to stay as the observer here, even in the home.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hard part is though you're providing, you know, the entertainment, the stimulation you know, for them in that indoor environment where,
1: Yes. The out
0: the outdoors has a different set of, you know, unpredictable points in time. It's it's a different environment. We're trying to simulate something that is not the same for sure. Yeah. Um but but it is it's a balancing act. We make choices, and I'm not sitting here advocating that we let all of our cats outside either, but I'm just saying it's a it's a difference. It's just we have to acknowledge that there are differences and um certainly there are many cats that are would would be much more anxious, you know, outdoors in that lifestyle because they don't have it in their genes and it's not, you know, in their sort of their DNA um, and they haven't been exposed to that environment. They don't have those instincts. And then there are other cats that still have some of those community cat outdoor instincts. So I'm, I'm not telling people to let their cats all out, but I am saying it's really important that you do provide those enrichments in the home and do your best efforts to provide the same type of things that our community cats are experiencing outside from like a prey factor, hunting, you know, uh, scratching opportunities on a horizontal or vertical jumping abilities, way to go vertical and have places to sit on the vertical level. So, there's just a lot more to it than saying, oh, I'm going to get a cat and put out a bowl of food and water and a litter box and we're good to go. And I'll be at work for 14 hours a day and I'll come back. And that's not that's not what it takes to own a cat anymore.
1: No. And I actually talk about that in my very first book, Communication with All Life. It You know, we've created an obesity because we don't exercise cats and people think, oh, how do you exercise a cat? Well. You know, you like you just said, you stimulate that, you stimulate something in them that would replicate that hunt before they eat so that they're not just that, you know, that they're not eating at the buffet all day. Yeah.
0: You know, in our in the bio that I read, you use the term animal guardian. What does that mean?
1: Um, I don't I just don't love the term ownership owner. I and I I don't I, I think that like you're the people that are helping these community cats are true guardians. And I feel like I'm a guardian here in my home of these animals, but they have their own life, their own agency, their own big personalities, their own, um, you know, I can say no to some things, but for the most part they get to do, I mean, I have some boundaries, but they, they express themselves in our living. I guess you could say their best life, but I'm, I don't own them. They are uh, my companions.
0: Can you tell me a little bit more in detail about this new book that you have written? Um, You know, why did you write it? Um, And and just go a little bit deeper in it so that folks have an understanding of of what to expect if they're thinking about, you know, checking it out.
1: Because it's a great holiday gift. Um, Yeah, so um, when I first learned emotional freedom technique. I didn't, I learned it for myself and I thought, oh, this is a great thing to help people who had either fallen off a horse and they were afraid to get back on, or they went out on a dog hike and their dog got attacked and now their dog became the attacker. So I I was using it more for the people that were either going to be afraid to get in the saddle, or we're going to be too kind of, emotional at the other end of the leash. And then I just stumbled upon the idea of, why don't I just, I know acupressure I'd studied it. Why don't I try it on a horse? And so the next thing you know, I started trying it on a million animals and they respond to it almost faster than the people do because animals don't say, oh, EFT doesn't work. They just are sitting there you know, listening, going along with this. And then the next thing, you know, they're starting to release. And so one of the, the reasons I love that I wrote the book was because I look at how many things like anxiety is one of those things that we could say is not just emotional, it becomes physiological. And by the time we see it in a cat, it usually can become physiological. So, how could we stop that? How could we slow that process down so it isn't suddenly, you know, part of their digestive system or their urinary system? So, what could we do that's going to help animals to be completely relaxed? And so, I really break the book down into um, the nature of emotions, how we can create change, what emotions are. Or animals and it's not that I would say that they don't have like the complexity of like regret but they certainly have grief they have big feelings that are so deep so it's important to recognize that we can keep at this very simple for them and really have a lasting release of an emotion if we don't complicate it with our stories but we humans love our stories so Anyway, I break it down into emotions, behavior, relationships and dynamics, wellness, end of life, and then just what can happen once you've started doing this does it does it stay do they do they stay healthy and happy, or do they ever have a backslide, things like that? so and you don't have to be an animal communicator to create the script, and I'm using the word script" in air quotes the the things that you say on behalf of the animal or yourself are um, I I've created little investigative questions throughout to ask yourself or to kind of answer on behalf of your animal. And they're very simple. And so even in that process, as you unearth these deep emotions, you start to understand a little bit better what's going on in the household and things start to change already. Like I'll give you an example. There's a cat, a story about this cat, where the woman was saying, um, you know, I want to be a good cat. I said, no, he doesn't. He's not a good or a bad cat. He's just doing what he does to get the result that he wants. And what he was doing was he's beating up the two other cats. And so she automatically just put him outside. I said, you know, so if you start to understand that he's not trying to be good or bad, he's just the end result is he gets to go outside if he beats up the two older cats. If you could just figure out a way to let him outside uh, and you're thinking it's punishment and he's thinking it's great, you know, you, you skip that step of beating up the cats then. So, you know, all of a sudden you start looking into behavior a little different once you start asking yourself these questions that I have in the book. Excellent.
0: And if folks are interested in um, grabbing a copy of this book, how would they find it?
1: It's in all of the places, so in Amazon, Barnes Noble, a million other books, a million. There's so many outlets, and it'll be in bookstores,
0: so it's, it's around. And if folks are interested in finding out more about you and the work that you do? They can go
1: to J O A N R A N Q U E T.
0: J-O-A-N-R-A-N-Q-U-E-T.com. And... Would you have information about that shelter program on your website? Because I'm sure people will ask me questions about that. Um, I will.
1: We're definitely getting that up. I'm doing my first big shelter in next week in Michigan. So um, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Wonderful.
0: Anything else you want to share with our listeners today, Joan? No, I just love that.
1: I love what you're doing. I love this. This is Awesome.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you so very, very much. And I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on the show. And I hope we'll have you on in the future, maybe to talk about that shelter program. It sounds great. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about that. I would love to. I would love to. Thank you.